0: Welcome to Expert Opinion, the branding business forum where leaders share their views, insights and experiences from the world of B2B branding. And now, here's your host.
1: Hello, this is Alan Brew, a partner at Branding Business, and our guest today is Bob Kirsten. Bob is in fact my colleague at Branding Business. He joined us recently as Managing Director of San Francisco. And he's going to share with us today some extremely interesting insights based upon his experience in the branding and design industry. Bob, welcome to the program. Thanks, Alan. Great to be here. So Bob, you bring to branding business um, a very wide experience in the branding and design industry. You've worked at firms such as Landor, Enterprise IG, Addison and Profit, they are the big players. But you join Branding Business from a smaller company which specializes more at the consumer end of the branding spectrum. Whereas we at Branding Business specialize in business to business. There's a big question and a question that we get, get asked a lot in, um, with our clients is what are the differences, differences between the two? Business... Uh, to business, uh, business to consumer? Are they the same? Are they different? Where are the similarities? Right, right. Well,
0: you know, as, as you know, at a, at a macro level, regardless of industry, there are commonalities such as, you know, branding, helping to drive differentiation, relevance with key audiences, accommodating and leveraging industry trends, right, and, and building that clear, crisp, big idea. But yeah you know that being said there are some 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 significant differences on the b2b space Um, things like b2b having more audiences to consider beyond customers things like shareholders regulators communities uh, just to name a few not to mention um, there being multiple customers if you will in the b2b space there's those buying decisions are made by groups of people and the sales cycle is often long and and multi-dimensional you've got procurement engineering um, the director level to the C-suite involved in these B two B decisions, and then and you know you layer into that those that those buying decisions that those brand decisions factor in a fair amount of, of functionality and performance and in the B two B space it's not it can't be all uh, branding identity led or persona or emotional led of course it has a role but there are performance and functionality factors that that play a role so um, that doesn't mean that we can't create big. Motive, visionary, powerful brands in B2B, we do. We just have to accommodate uh, a number of tangible components as well. And I think I'll end with, there's the complexity of the offering on the B2B side of things. You know, uh, we often are having to brand a professional service or medical equipment or enterprise cybersecurity. And that can be a bit more involved, of course, than if you're trying to brand um, laundry detergent or, or cookies, for example.
1: Thank you, Bob, excellent point. Um, You know, very often, some of our clients are in what we call the business-to-professional end-user space. So it's not just B2B or B2C, it's B2P, professional end-user. And that's generally in the service area, financial services, healthcare, where there's some informed end-user, an individual, that has a need to know something, but it's not B2B, certainly. Given that, do you see the gap between the two disciplines? closing or will they still the same stay the same at the polls and uh focus more on the um, service end of the spectrum when we get to those industries such as healthcare and professional services where there are people involved that directly um connect with the brand itself
0: yeah no that's a great question and i i think um something that we've all been in this space been 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 accommodating for some time now that Um, you know, the best B2B brands in the world have been successfully carrying over consumer branding philosophies into the B2B world. They've, they've introduced storytelling more effectively. They've introduced more compelling and emotional and more human uh, messaging and expressions. And they've moved towards selling the benefit of what they provide, not just the the functions. And they've come to recognize that there's a, there's a person at the end of that B2B, right? It really is B2P, if you will. Mm Um, and that, you know, buyers and influencers, they, in society, they want to know where you stand on big issues. They want to mm-hmm. know who you are and what you believe in and mm-hmm. what makes you different. So um, I do think that matters. And I think to your point, there's, you know, it doesn't, some, it doesn't often end at the B, it's B to B to C, mm-hmm. right? So more and more, uh, our, our clients uh, and our customers, they need to be able to uh, demonstrate to their end customers that that they understand the kind of ultimate end use or how that service or product plays out um, with an end user, for example. So I think you're right. I think that, you know, the gap will continue to close. There will there, always be some differences, of course, but I think the gap is definitely closing.
1: That's a really in- interesting point, Bob. Uh, this uh, merging or converging, if you like, from B to B to C that you cannot discount or um, divide the gap between the business audience and the consumer audience because they're interested too in what an organization does, its values, what it stands for, its purpose, as, as we're all talking about now. And um, it's a diversity policies. They want to know exactly what the organization stands for. So this gap is certainly blurring, um, but, Looking back over your career, Bob, what would you say then um, about branding and its evolution? Where is it going? I think
0: it's interesting, right? In that um, in as appreciation and understanding of the power of brand grows, it's continued, it's forced us in this space. And I think anyone who does what we do would would agree that we're constantly having to evolve and grow and learn and and shift because the market shifts. And, and, And so I think a really smart colleague, a former coworker of mine broke it down this way, kind of saying, you know, historically there was kind of the lowercase B branding that referred to the more kind of marketing, cosmetic, promotional side of of branding. And then alternatively, there was, there's the uppercase B branding, which refers to the more strategic, the more holistic work that we do using brand as a platform for growth. Um, using brand to connect directly to the business strategy to create momentum for companies, right? It's a platform for action. So um, evolution of, the, of the, the realization that brand can do much more for organizations and that really kind of anything an organization does, it can be considered a brand experience um, has led to kind of, kind of an opening of the aperture of, of all the, of the things that we do.
1: Yeah, it's certainly what we're seeing a lot of our clients uh, these days are obviously in omnichannel businesses where they work online and offline and that they have to consider all platforms, all communications to uh, be successful in their branding activities. It's not just one audience or another audience, it's completely holistic, as you say, um, which raises a lot of questions about our business and how we evolve to to serve the needs of our clients. So relating to the last question, Bob, do you see the concept of branding and its related activities converging into one big concept, one big approach for clients, or will it refragment into specialist disciplines as it so often does?
0: I tell you, I think, Alan, you and I were just talking about this the other day, and I, I feel like you know, there's a constant topic of discussion. And I feel like it, it the pendulum swings back and forth over the years. It, it feels like it's cyclical, right? there's been a lot of consolidation and and acquisition and mergers within the category the last couple of years, these big publicly traded conglomerates um, are, are, are blending agencies, right? You see large global digital agencies taking over the traditional advertising shops, advertising shops, taking over comms agencies or, you know, merging them together. And so these, these moves are often born out of the, need to drive operational expenses down right they're able to kind of save on headcount admin real estate office space things like that and uh, you know does you know whether or not that plays out as a good thing for clients more often than not it's not you know that being said you know you could argue that there are some organizations that are making it work but i think you know by and large what we're seeing and when i talk to colleagues and former colleagues there's a whole lot of small specialist, mid sized, independent agencies that are having their day and they're doing fabulous work and they're able to really hone in on their specialism and partner with other specialists to deliver best in breed, best in class for, for, for clients. So, you know, I, I don't know, you know, I, I, I imagine it depends, you know, one's perspective depends on where they sit, but I, I do feel like the pendulum has swung back in favor of specialist focused agencies that are able to do what they do best. But again, I think I'll you know time will tell. I know it sounds like I'm hedging, but I think um, we'll see if the if the cycle kind of carries on, and maybe we're talking about something different in five five years from now.
1: It's certainly what I'm seeing, Bob. Um, You know, once upon a time there was sharp divisions between advertising, public relations, design, branding. But now they seem to converge into this thing called branding, and everybody's in that business. Mm. You know, the you and I work for the big uh, holding companies, and they profess the one-stop shop as the solution to everything. So one neck to choke, if you'll pardon that crude expression. Is that era over? The one-stop shop. Is it? Are, are we now moving into these best-of-breed, sharply focused industries? And um, I suppose a follow-up question to that. Are clients recognizing that that's what they need, that's what they really want to uh, bring in to help them that the these best of breed, very experienced, smaller focused organizations that can bring in partners depending on what the client need is?
0: You bring up a great point and 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 that is, of course the, the clients themselves. and I feel like what we're seeing are increasingly really, really talented and smart and capable practitioners, right? They're they're marketing, they're not just marketing operators, they're they're actual marketers. And so those they're able to identify best in best in breed practitioners, whether it's advertising or media buying or digital or what we do in a brand strategy and identity and creative. Um, and they're able to Really select, you know, the right fit for what they need in those disciplines and manage those things, as opposed to going out and trying to find a kind of one big group that, that proclaims to do everything. So I feel like if this, you know, the trend will continue where we have very sophisticated clients who understand and are able to vet um, what exactly they need. Um, this trend may continue where the the specialists. Or will continue to get traction.
1: I do agree. I think it's becoming more and more apparent to clients that um, the best way to get what they need in terms of a set of capabilities is to look at organizations like Branding Business, in fact, that have related relationships with all specialist organizations that they can bring into the project or the relationship if they need to. And the day of the so-called one-stop shop maybe over.
0: You know, I think that agencies have gotten better at working together. Right? As we've had to learn um what each other do and how we fit together and how we can really provide value and build off what the other one provides. I think, you know, that has probably helped agencies like branding business who are specialists to 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 continue to win more. Right? We've we've gotten smarter and more capable. Uh, as it relates to, to collaborating and partnering with, with other, other agencies?
1: Yep, I do agree. I think the argument is broken. Um, I think everybody now can see the veil has dropped. It's very tra- transparent world. Uh, you have to be uh, who you are, who you are and what you are. And uh, <clears throat> I think especially within the world of Zoom and technology, uh, bringing people into a situation, um, you know, I remember the days, Bob, when we tried to look like the big players, show the dots on the map and, uh, you know, profess to be everything to everybody. I think those, those days have uh, thankfully gone. And we're very comfortable now being who we are and, um, and do what we do in a very, very focused way and bring resources into a situation as they're needed. And thank goodness for that.
0: No, great point.
1: Um, Oh, Bob, I'm looking at the time. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I do want to ask you two remaining questions. <clears throat> the first one relates to the breadth of your experience. What has been the most satisfying client experience for you? What, what client has given you the most joy and the most fulfillment in terms of what you've been able to do for them?
0: You you had warned me that you were going to ask me this, and it's a tough question.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'll say this. you know, It's hard to narrow it down to one, but I think you know, those clients where you're, they're, you're really able to, to partner with them and really are in a position to affect change. Um, I think, you know, a couple of them stand out. One is, you know, having been a part of a, a wonderful team um, that served Barclays out of the UK, the British bank did a lot of work on the institutional side, whether it was naming, brand strategy, a merger and acquisition related, product development, sponsorship. Uh, Even, you know, when Barclays bought the naming rights to Barclays Center, you know, getting to be involved in in that brand development and its launch that got, you know, included at the time, Mayor Bloomberg, Jay-Z, Frank Gehry, was a wonderful experience. So that was an incredible experience. And then there was a couple of other programs that one was a spinoff. It was a payment technology brand that spun off from the parent. It was called Vantib. They're part of FIS now. But again, great leadership, great client, really wanted a partner and we gave us a seat at the table to really help define the mission, vision, purpose, values of the brand and drive that in terms of its launch. And then also in the um, work, did some work with a, a gaming technology brand called IGT a few years back where, again, fantastic leadership, a really talented marketing leader and team and CEO, where we got to really kind of define um, the future of gaming and, and partner with them to kind of look at the trends that were happening and the shifts that were happening with consumers and technology and, and what gaming meant. And those were, again, a really wonderful experience where just fortunate enough to, to be working with very talented clients and alongside really, really smart people.
1: Well, excellent, Bob. Thank you. It's it's always a pleasure to hear uh, of instances where the word brings it fulfillment to, to a, a strategist, as well as just a, an output. And uh, those were very pleasing instances that you referenced. Um, final question, Bob, and um, you joined this industry from the oil and gas industry, or certainly an energy company called Clark Oil, um, based in Chicago, where you began your career, I think, um, out of college. That industry is undergoing a a significant um, change in terms of its rebranding, its repositioning against uh, climate change, sustainability. Um, One um, instance comes to mind of Total in Paris, the uh, global company in the oil and gas industry rebranding as Total Energies as it moves towards sustainable business practices. What's your view of that? Is it gonna continue? Is that just Total doing that or, or what, Bob?
0: That's a yeah, really, really big question. I'll do my best to keep this succinct. Um, I, I was fortunate enough to work with Devon Energy um, out of Oklahoma City on, a, on a, a large rebranding some years ago, as well as with Tesoro. And, and I've also worked with some other, um, some, some other organizations in the oil and gas. It's a fascinating space. It's a fascinating category. I think BP um, and, and, and its missteps with uh, the Deepwater Horizon, um, I think kind of really a signal to the oil and gas industry that you've, you've got to back up your words, right? If, if you're going to promote being more beyond petroleum, if you're going to talk about sustainability and in the environment, um, you've really got to walk the walk. And so, um, you know, and, and given the push to elect to EVs and the push to to um, in society overall to really kind of focus on climate change and focus on the environment, um, it's a difficult position that the, the the energy companies are in. So I think in this day and age of transparency, um, it's really important to 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 be forthright and and, and realistic about kind of. How how far you're going to reach as an oil and gas company to, to promote what you're doing and to be honest about, you know, what you're able, what you're really able to do It gets back to what we talked about earlier around, you know, when it comes to branding, you got to think about, um, it's not just a a cosmetic promotional message you're putting out there. You know, you've got to be able to live whatever promise you're going to put out there. And if, if you're going to truly talk, if you're going to talk about going beyond petroleum, um, whether you're Total or whether you're Chevron or whoever you are, you've know you got to be able to back it up and demonstrate that if you are moving into solar, if you're moving to electric, if you're moving into nuclear, whatever it might be, wind farms, um, you've definitely got to, to walk the walk and show the evidence and show the proof that that's, in fact, what you're doing and where the business is headed.
1: Great insights, Bob. And that's the topic that's probably worthy of more conversation at a future time. I think we'll end it there. Um, This has been another edition of Branding Business. Thank you, Bob, for joining us today and wishing our listeners a very happy and successful 2022.
0: Absolutely. Thanks,
1: Alan.